Good morning. Welcome. The name is Jesus. Today is the 13th Sunday after Pentecost, and uh, we're going to use our New Testament lesson, and we're going to preach on the whole book of Philemon today. It is a big book, one chapter. <laughs> so, so you get all 20, 30 verses in the sermon. We'll see how we do with that. But uh, it's, a, it's a great book to put our place ourselves in place of Nesimus, 
and probably see ourselves very clearly of who and what we are until Jesus finds us and calls us to be his. So if you have your Bibles or your Bible app on your phones, or if you're at home watching or here, you might want to open it up to the book of Onesimus. Today also, if you have a hymnal at home or hymnal in the pews, we're going to be using Divine Service 1, which begins on page 155 of the hymnal. And you can follow along there, or you can follow along with the screens. And as always, we pray that uh, as we hear God's word in so many ways this morning, that, that uh, your faith is strengthened. And as you hear the Spirit move you, He moves you to say yes or no, depending on what it is you think you're doing. And He's moving you not to do or to do. So let's begin our service this morning singing hymn number 797, Praise the Almighty.
please rise. Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Take a few moments of silence, reflection on God's Word, and for self-examination. Let us then confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. Almighty God in his mercy has given his son to die for you, and for his sake forgives you all your sins. As a called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore forgive you all your sins, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Seeing this is the feast.
Please be seated. The Old Testament reading is found in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 15 to 20. See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I command you today, by loving the Lord your God, by walking in his ways, by keeping his commandments and his statutes and his rules, then you shall live and multiply. And the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering to take possession of it. But if your heart turns away, and you will not hear, but are drawn away to worship other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not live long in the land that you are going over the Jordan to enter and possess. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today, that I have set before you your life and death, blessings and curse. Therefore, choose life, that you and your offspring may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying his voice, and holding fast to him. For he is, a, <clears throat> for he is your life and length of days, that you may dwell in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give them. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle today is found in, which I believe Pastor mentioned, in the sermon text for today, Philemon, the entire book, 1 through 21 verses. Paul, a prisoner for Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother. To Philemon, our beloved fellow worker, and Alphea, our sister, and Acropus, our fellow soldier and the church in your house. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always when I remember you in my prayers because I hear of your love and of faith that you have toward the Lord Jesus and all the saints. And I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective for the full knowledge of every good thing that is in us for the sake of Christ. For I have derived much joy and comfort from your love, my brother, because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you. Accordingly, though I am bold enough in Christ to command you to do what is required, yet for love's sake, I prefer to appeal to you. I, Paul, an old man and now a prisoner also for Christ Jesus, I appeal to you for my children, Nestimus, whose father I became in my imprisonment. Formerly he was useless to you, but now he is indeed useful to you and to me. I am sending him back to you, sending my very heart. I would have been glad to keep him with me in order that he might serve me on your behalf during my imprisonment for the gospel. But I prefer to do nothing without your consent in order that your goodness might not be by compulsion but of your own free will. But this, perhaps, is why he was parted from you for a while, that you might have him back forever, no longer as a slave, but more than a slave, as a beloved brother, especially to me, but how much more to you, both in the flesh 
and in the Lord. If you consider me your partner, receive him as you receive me. If he has wronged you at all or owes you anything, charge that to my account. I, Paul, write this with my own hand. I will repay it to say nothing of your owing me, even your own self. Yes, brother, I want some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident of your obedience, I write to you, knowing that you will do even more than I say. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please rise. Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 14th chapter. Now great crowds accompanied Jesus, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it. Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going out to encounter another king in war, will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? And if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. Salt is good, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is of no use either, either for the soil or for the manure pile. It is thrown away. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. This is the gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. If children would like to come forward for the children's message. Looks like you get to do a lot of talking today. Pretty easy to do, huh? So let me ask you a question. Have you bought anything with your own money lately? Ask your mom. Mom, did you buy anything with his own money lately? You did. How did that feel? Whatever that was that you bought. Oh, you bought some posters. Was it, was it expensive? 
$15,000? Oh, $15. Sorry about that. One and a five. Okay. Thanks for correcting me. So, so did you have to save up for that money? Did you have to save the money, or did mom and dad just give you the money, or grandma and grandpa, or? You have no idea. Okay. Mom? Birthday money. Okay. Christmas money? Okay, it was one of those. Okay. So it cost you something, right? Because you no longer have that money? Is that right? Well, did you give it to the person who you bought your, your posters with? Right? Okay, that's probably what you did, because if you didn't, then that means you stole them. And we don't think you okay, you didn't steal them. Good. I just needed to make sure, get everything clear here, because you have a lot of people looking at us right now. Thinking pastors lost control up here. So, all right, so let me, let me ask you a question. Let's, let's, let's talk about, do you know what it means to cost something? So like, to buy the, the posters, it costs something. Whether it was your mom and dad's money or whether it was the birthday gift to you, it costs to do that. So let, let's kind of walk through this. Do you have any pets? You have two of them, huh? Dog, cat, guinea pig? Okay, got that. Two dogs. Would you like to buy a third dog? A little puppy? All of your own? That's enough. Okay, well, how, would, how about a guinea pig? Wouldn't that be fun to have? You would have to be 10. <laughs> I think mom and dad do, though. They probably could help you with a guinea pig or a pet. So do you know how much it costs to have a pet? How much? Okay. They are. So you have two dogs. So how much do you think it costs to feed those two dogs? Big box of food. So let's just say $20 a month, $40 a month. Either one of those, maybe? Probably? Okay, we'll go with $40 because food's expensive these days. So you got $40 in your bank account? In your piggy bank? Okay, maybe in your room. Okay, so let's say it costs us $40 to get the dog. And then you got to get food. And, and up here, you have to have a license to register the dog. And, and so that, that costs money. And what about, your dog ever get sick? Or might get sick? Or needs to get vaccines? You know what vaccines are? Yep, okay, that's to protect the dog, right? All that costs money. Lots of money. And your sister can help you with that. And you can raise the dog itself. But it's really, really expensive. So, the reason I tell you that, see, she's helping you already, right? So, Jesus says to us that to follow him, it costs something too. In the gospel lesson today, it said, like, pretty much give up everything you have. That's like, did you give up your mom and dad? Your sister, your dogs, 
Now, it's kind of hard, huh? How do we do that? And, and it's, the good news is he helps us with that. He gives us the Holy Spirit who helps us to, to figure out how we can deal with the cost of following him. Because what did Jesus do? Remember what he did, Joseph? For you? Jesus. I'll help you with that. So it cost Jesus everything, right? He's God. He came down to earth. He had to live a perfect life. That means he could never make a mistake. Right? You know, I make about just a lot of mistakes every day. Right? And, and Jesus had did it for his whole life. No mistakes. And then he had to die for you. For your sister, for your mom, for your dad, for me, for everybody here, everybody who has ever lived in this world or will live in this world. He had to die a horrible death on the cross for us. That cost him everything, didn't it? And he says to us, go do likewise. How do we do that? That's pretty hard, huh? Yeah. So, so yeah, you too. And so he, so we, that's when we, we talk to God. You know, you ever talk to God? We call that praying usually. And we ask God's help uh, on the things that we're doing, how we can better follow him. And sometimes... What it costs us is if, if with other people who want you to do something you're not supposed to do, and you say, I can't do that. And then they laugh at you. That's kind of not fun, is it? But you still hold firm, and God, and God gives you that power through His Spirit so that you can still follow what God tells you to do. So the cost to us sometimes is, is people aren't going to like us because we're going to stand firm in following, following Jesus, Right? All right, well, let's, let's pray, because we need some help to do that. All right? Let's pray to God. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to live that life for us and to die for us and to rise for us so that we would know that all he did was acceptable to you. Fill us today with your Holy Spirit so that we can follow Jesus and share him with the world. Amen. Let's sing a song of the day.
When was the last time you shouted Jesus' name out loud? Just a thought. Just a question. You know me. You've got to ask your questions. Grace, peace, and mercy from God our Father and the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Again, our text is the book of Philemon. One chapter, 21 verses. So some of you know, maybe, maybe I've shared this before, uh, my father had a knack of finding and fixing discarded radios and TVs. Radios and TVs that would be considered useless by most became useful in the hands of this skilled technician. He, he worked for RCA Television as a TV repairman for most of my life, or his life, in my life, and uh, the days that uh, TVs are not like they are today. We might be get, get back to that a little bit maybe later, but everyone knows today that with a bit of duct tape, anything can be made useful again. So my question for you today, does that work on people too? And those who consider themselves or others to be useless be made useful with a bit of strategically placed duct tape. I think we all know I'm being facetious here, so no, even duct tape has its limitations. There is, however, something that can make even the most seemingly useless person useful. And simply that is simply the gospel. It did that for a runaway slave named Onesimus. It did that for the Apostle Paul. It did that for me. And it does it for all of you. So let's begin this morning with the story of Onesimus. He was a slave to a Christian named Philemon. Now, people say, huh? Wait a minute. What? is a Christian doing with a slave? Isn't slavery wrong? Well, actually, the Bible never actually condemns slavery. In fact, the apostles Paul and Peter encouraged slaves to obey and respect their masters, even the ones who weren't nice. And that's in 2 Timothy chapter 6 and 1 Peter chapter 2. Of course, slave owners were in turn to love to care for the slaves. The golden rule, if you will, was love your neighbor as yourself. And it applied to them as it did to everyone else. And we pray then that Philemon treated Onesimus with such love and, con and concern. If he did, Onesimus then wasn't very appreciative, for he ran away and stole from Philemon in the process. And although Philemon may have been ready to give up on Onesimus, God wasn't. He steered Onesimus to Rome and made certain that out of the millions or so inhabitants, he came in contact with the Apostle Paul. When Paul first met Onesimus and found out that he was a runaway slave of a Christian, he knew from Colossae, he recognized that his heavenly father was at work. And so Paul went to work on Onesimus. He pointed out to Onesimus' sin of running away from his master. And then he followed that up with the good news of how Jesus had already paid for that sin. 
And as a result, Onesimus was found not only was found not guilty from a spiritual sense, and he was converted to the faith. He became a trusted and reliable helper of Paul. And this runaway slave who had once been useless now finally lived up to his name because Onesimus means useful. And just as God guided and directed Onesimus' steps to Rome, he still leads you and me today. It's no accident that, that we are here this morning or watching online. God brought us here to, to, to learn that even though we, you and I, often run away from him and all of our responsibilities as children, as parents, as employers, as employees, as congregational members, etc., he has forgiven us and he has plans for us. Not just me, but all of you here, all of you online out there in the wild, wild world of the Internet. God has plans. Every one of us. And through the gospel, God makes us useful again. And how does God then plan to use you? Use me. How does God plan to do that? Well, let's go back to, to our reading from Philemon and see how the plans worked out for Onesimus. So although Paul really wanted to keep Onesimus as a trusted servant of the gospel, he sent him back to Colossae. After all, Onesimus still belonged to Philemon. And if he was truly a repentant and runaway, he would return and take up his place again as a slave in Philemon's household. Still, Paul wanted Philemon to know that he was sending Onesimus back as a changed man. From now on, Onesimus wasn't just Philemon's slave, but he was his brother in the faith. And Paul wanted Philemon to understand that and to know that and to treat Philemon, excuse me, to treat Onesimus as such. So Paul went as far as urging Philemon to receive Onesimus as if he was receiving Paul himself. And that's in verse 17 of our text. Paul could have demanded these things because it was the right thing to do. But Paul didn't command nor did he beg. He simply expressed his confidence in Philemon that he would do what he had, had encouraged him to do and even more. Note well that, what the, that, that the power did not lie with Paul, but rather with the gospel that Paul preached. I can ask all of you, fellow members, visitors, friends, here in our sanctuary this morning, all of you online watching, I can ask you all to share in the ministry. I can even demand it. Or beg that you would. But the power does not lie in me. We can be confident that God's people will respond to challenges put before us and do even more than we expect. Because that's what the power of the gospel does. And although Onesimus was a changed man, 
he still must have been nervous, I would imagine, about going back to Philemon. After all, Roman law gave slave owners the right to brand on their foreheads of their runaway slaves. They could lock them up in chains if they chose, or they could simply execute them. And Onesimus knew he deserved any one of those punishments. But out of Christian love, Paul wrote to Philemon that he would pay for any damage that Onesimus had done. This promise allowed Onesimus to go back and to serve his master free and fear of any type of punishment. Do you see that, that there's parallels between Onesimus and you and me and everyone? Although we should be punished for our sins, Jesus told the Heavenly Father to charge those sins to him. Jesus paid for your sins, my sins, the sins of the whole world so that we could serve our God without fear of punishment. But not only that, Jesus also provides for all of our daily needs. We're like the man, we've all heard stories like this, who was arrested for stealing bread. And he admits his guilt in court, but he begs the judge to have mercy on him, explaining that he stole the bread to feed his children. But because the man pleaded guilty, the judge has to assess a penalty. In this case, the judge assesses a fine of $100. The man can't pay it because he has no money. But before he can be taken away and thrown back into jail, his fine is paid. The judge had walked over and given $100 to cover the fine. And then he hands the man a $1,000 check and says, go, take care of your children. And that's what Jesus does for you and me. He forgives us. And then he equips us with a Savior like that. How can you and I not eagerly serve him? So what is it, then, that God would have you and me do? Like Onesimus, we will begin by undoing any harm our sins may have caused. If we have run away from our obligations as a parent or a child, a boss or an employee, a teacher or a student, we will make amends. We will speak kindly to our spouse. We will listen to our parents. We will work to the best of our abilities as a boss, as an employee, as a teacher, as a student. But let's not stop there. Onesimus didn't. Tradition, in se- tradition says that Onesimus went on to become a pastor at the church in Ephesus. Onesimus wasn't content just to let the light shine before Philemon. He wanted his light, the light of God, to shine before the world. We, you and I, have the same opportunity, don't we? No, I'm not suggesting we all run off and become pastors. We can't. We can, however, all get involved in the work of our congregation. Sure, that's what you think, Pastor. Some of you might be thinking right now. Stay in the pew. Don't get up and run away. Some of you might say, Pastor, I don't have the energy I used to have anymore. I can't get around well anymore. So how can I do anything that will be useful to this congregation? 
or to anyone else for that matter. Any of you heard yourself say those words lately? Well, I wonder if that isn't how Paul first felt when he was put under house arrest in Rome. That's where he was when he met Onesimus. I wonder if Paul didn't glumly um, think to himself, what good is a missionary who cannot leave his house? If Paul felt that way, he quickly got over it. And he went on with the business of preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ to whoever came to see him. And as a result, the whole palace guards came to know about Jesus. Philippians 1.13 tells us that. Paul not only shared God's word with unbelievers, he spent his house to rest praying for and writing letters to encourage his fellow brothers and sisters, fellow Christians. It was during this time that Paul wrote to Philemon. So you see, all of us, even if, if God has taken away your mobility, your eyesight, your energy, you aren't useless. Most certainly, you can at least pray for the saints and work for the church. You can write letters, emails, text messages, tweets, Twitters, and whatever else I left off in all that wonderful elliptic world that I have no clue about. Maybe you don't either. And you can do that in many other ways to simply encourage the leaders of our church or your fellow brothers and sisters of our congregation and most certainly those who, who, who need it. And you can tell those who come to visit you at your house or wherever that might be, you can tell them about Jesus. No matter what the quality of your life, through Christ Jesus, every single one of you here this morning, every single one of you listening to this, are useful because of Jesus. As a child, I always looked forward to watching my dad fix useless radios and TVs. It was neat to see how the right screws would fit into the right holes. And the correct tubes. You all remember tubes in your TV? Okay, just want to make sure some of us, I'm not the oldest one here. And um, for the rest of you, look on, go online and Google TV tubes. You will be amazed. And a bit of knowledge can make you useful um, with what had once been a useless piece of equipment. I think every room in our house had a radio, and every room in our house had a TV, black and white, mind you. Um, and most of them were like this size, right? Um, but that's nothing, nothing compared to what the gospel can do. The good news about Jesus makes us, you and I, who by nature are less than useless, into useful tools of God's bidding. Therefore, together as individuals, we can and will go forward boldly and joyfully with the work and the challenges that God has set in front of each and every one of us and in front of our congregation, no matter what our life is like. Because we have Jesus. Amen. Let us pray.
Gracious Heavenly Father, help us to never forget that you take us useless individuals and you make us useful. And that because of your power and the power of your Holy Spirit, we can share the gospel in so many ways with so many other people. Push us to do that. In Jesus' name, amen. Let us rise and profess our faith now in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty. Let us pray. Our praise, honor, and worship be to you, O God, our Father. For by your law you have revealed to the world your salvation from all sin and death, and given to all new hearts and renewed minds through the repentance of our sins and faith in your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Help us to follow in his way to joyfully choose his life by means of his truth. Lord, in your mercy. Grant that your glorious word and will of divine law and gospel be preached to the conversion, life, and joy of all throughout the world. Give all who preach, minister, and serve in your holy church boldness and clarity of mind and spirit to rightly proclaim your whole law in your glorious gospel. Lord, in your mercy. By your word and spirit, cause all who hear to have true repentance of their sins and true faith to grow in love towards you and their neighbors, and to purposely choose your way of life daily in all their ways and deeds. Lord, in your mercy. Guide our nation and our elected leaders in the ways of justice, peace, and the promotion of lives pleasing to you. Preserve and bless all who serve in the armed forces of our nation, as well as those who work to preserve peace, safety, and health in our community. Lord, in your mercy, comfort and bring healing to all who are in sorrow, need, sickness, or adversity. And today, remember Blair, who was in hospice, Doug, who was in an accident and is in a coma, Pastor Sekluna, um, who has, has a disease called amyodosis, and uh, uh, they're trying to figure out how best to treat him at his con- and take care of his congregation. Jean, who is in post-acute care. China, recovering from an audible accident. And Susan, who will have uh, knee surgery uh, this coming week. Give strength and the will to preserve to all who suffer any persecution for the faith. Help all to whom death draws near with the peace of a confident faith. Lord, in your mercy. With reverence and affection, we remember before you, O Lord, all who have gone before us with the sign of faith, especially Sandra and Joe. Keep us in in fellowship with all your saints and bring us at last to the joys of your heavenly kingdom. Lord, in your mercy. 
In your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord, our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying... Remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father. Lord Jesus Christ, in the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And after having given thanks, he broke it. He gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you eat it in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup. And after having given thanks, he gave it to his disciples and said, Take, drink. This is the cup of the New Testament of my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
Please rise. Let us pray. We give thanks to Almighty God that you have refreshed us through the salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy, you will strengthen us through the same in faith towards you and fervent love for one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. We sing, love is here. Come to the water, you who thirst, and you'll thirst no more. Come to the Father, you who work, and you'll work no more. And all you who labor in pain, and to the broken chains,
Amen. Please be seated. Do we have any announcements this morning? Okay. If you have announcements, why don't you come sit up front so we can kind of move it along? I have a Bible study to teach. I really love that song, Broken Vessels Come, the, the, the words to that. Uh, so we're vessels, and so was uh, Philemon's uh, slave. And he became a preacher. But a vessel has to have Christ work through you. I learned that. You can't do it by yourself. So if you want to be a vessel, talk to pastor. And... With, with continued prayer, well, you, you can become a great vessel for Christ. That's not why I stood up here. Um, at 11.30 is the LWML meeting. Our mic box is in the back. And our <coughs> third uh, mic grant uh, of 2500 was paid. That is for the Fort Wayne Seminary Food Co-op. And it's uh, 80 to 85% of a seminary student's food comes from the, the co-op. And pastors use it, right? Yeah. So we need to support the seminary students because we don't have enough of them. So anyway, so the third grant was paid. Thank you. Carrie, did you say Fort Wayne Cemetery before you said seminary? Was that your slip? It's mine all the time, but that's it's okay. It was good to hear somebody else say it by, say it by accident, too. <laughs> Thank you. The food bank, trust me, with, with four kids in tow, the food bank was amazing for us. We all are celebrating new members of the church next Sunday, September 11th, after service at 1030 with a brunch potluck. It has been some time since Trinity has gathered as a God fam- godly family to eat and hang out and play. Um, to welcome new members, so there is no time better than the present. You, if you are a new, you are a new member if you first came to Trinity in 2016 and on. If you have not been contacted by your shepherding elder by September 6th, that is this Tuesday, please call the church office at 530-221-6686 and give them your name. We don't want to leave anyone out, and don't be shy about coming. We all will have name tags, just our first names, to make it easy. Out in front in the narthex is a sign-up board for everyone. Sign your name, how many are coming, and make a check mark if you will be bringing a breakfast bread, a salad, or a dish. New members, please sign up, too, and bring a goodie. The brunch will be lots of fun. We'll be playing bingo, and there are prizes, and we'll have an area for families with um, the kids, and so you'll be a part of us. We'll have toys and coloring and all that sort of stuff in the fellowship hall, so um, you'll be comfortable. Congregation family, if you know a new member, call them and invite them. Thank you. Thank you, Laura. 
I'm, oh, can you hear me? Yes. Um, my name is Eileen, and I'm on the board with the ELC, and so this is yet another opportunity to be useful. Um, we're having um, the open house September 22nd. That's a Thursday. There'll be hot dogs, and there's a little um, sign-up clipboard, not as big as the big board, but a smaller one out there in the narthex. So if you'd like to sign up for doing salads or desserts, it'd be wonderful and useful. And also, um, this Thursday at 4 o'clock, we're having our first planning meeting for the Harvest Festival, which is in October. Anyway, hopefully that's another opportunity to be useful. Thanks, Eileen. Please come to the uh, open house. It's, uh, it's one of our, it's maybe our largest ministry is all those kids downstairs. And so it would be great to come and mingle with the parents and then the kids and have a little, little bit of food, too. So please put it on your calendar. Love to see you all there. Well, you have your calendars out, gentlemen. This is for you only. Seven o'clock this week starts our weekly men's fellowship followed by breakfast. Seven to eight thirty. If you have to go to work, you can leave earlier. Uh, coffee will be on before seven, and we have a half hour where we have a light breakfast. Nothing big like it used to be in the past, but uh, put it down in your calendar, gentlemen. Every Thursday now from this day forth. 7 a.m. right here in the fellowship hall. By the way, we have to get out of there by 9 o'clock because the girls' exercise class is 9. So we sure do that. Bring your Bibles, too, because it's a Bible study. Also, you got it. Phones work, too, if you have a Bible app. Any other announcements? All right, I have three relative quick ones. Um, you can kind of turn your heads back. We have this big booth back there. That is a major part of hearing me, whether here or on the pulpit or elsewhere as we're doing our liturgy, um, as well as the music. We, uh, Jason's doing an amazing job, um, but we need help to do it. So when he, he wants to take a vacation, I can actually let him go. I tie him up so he can't go which then doesn't make Stephanie happy with me. So um, we need help, and, and we'll take as much help as we can get so we can create a schedule and things. It's, it's not that hard. Jason's got it pretty much set up. He's got a, a, a book to follow. So uh, if you tried once before, there was no book and anything. It's kind of a pain to try to make, figure it out because you go, ah, it's electronics. And most of us are... What are electronics? Tubes and TVs, right? Remember that. Yeah. It's here it's just like pushing buttons now. So, um, you can see Jason. You can see me. Uh, pray about it. And it doesn't matter how young or old you are. If, if we think you can do it, we will put you in the booth. And it's actually kind of fun. Because you have power over my mic. Just, just thought I would share that for a second. Um, make sure it's on, though, when it needs to be on. Uh, Kids Connect starts this coming, so next Sunday at 9 a.m., immediately after the children's message. So make sure you, uh, you bring your kids, and then after the children's mes- message, or Kids Connect staff will take them over to their Kids Connect room, Sunday school room, and any other families you know, let them know too, because they are ready. And then 
Wednesday, September 7th. That's like two days from now, three days from now. At 6 o'clock is Acolyte Train for all existing Acolytes as well as new Acolytes. Um, we'll meet in the church office. is where we'll start. And uh, we will provide pizza. Hopefully enough for you all to eat. It's, I've seen what you guys can eat. So please try to come. Those, those of you who already are Acolytes. Um, and anybody who wants to be an Acolyte, we will love to have you come join us. Um, if you have any questions about it, parents, you can call me, and I will fill you in on how we do it. Uh, any other announcements? Let's go in peace. Remember Onesimus. It's a great lesson for all of us, because that book, you could just put in the name Brian instead of Onesimus. You can put in the name Merle, John, Joe, Mary, Carrie, Donna. I'm going on. Laura, everybody else's name, right? Let's go in peace and serve the Lord.